you seen the jackalope socks I have? Oh, dude. Before it's like an escape room. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's a good way to put it. Well, that's so. what I was going to say. Are you sure the quality's that good? If he's giving blood, I mean, yeah, that's a good thing to ask. If I need blood, I want him. Right? That's exactly Absolutely. right. Yeah. So. so he wants to know, can you test for midichlorians <laughs> to see what their chances of being a Jedi are? Oh, unfortunately not. Hello and welcome to another episode of Northside Now. This is the podcast where we take you on a tour through all of the ministries and the latest happenings around Northside Church to keep you better connected with your church family. My name is Patrick and with me as always are my co-hosts, Glenn Miller and Kevin Bryant. Hello. Hello. How was your Father's Day? Mm. It was, uh, you know. Oh, dude. <laughs> that have, sounds a little bit. Seen, have you I'm seen, not quite a father yet. So, <laughs> Have you seen the jackalope socks I have? Oh, dude. That's the kind of socks I got from the children handing out. Oh, yeah? Jackalopes. Which, for those of you who don't know, is a rabbit, a jackrabbit with antlers growing out of its and head. And they're real. And they're real. Texas. I've seen some in South Taxidermy. So, yeah. <laughs> if you don't believe us, go to Longhorn Steakhouse here in Jackson, Tennessee. They have a jackalope. Yeah. That must be true. real. Yeah. Must be. They also have delicious steak. They so, do. And I can't <laughs> eat steak anymore. Oh. My dental work is uh, prohibitive. Can't really chew things. That'd be bad. No, no steak. I'm telling no you, no gummy worms. Trust me, I'm counting down the days for this to be done. <laughs> he know. has to get all of his uh, nutrition through Insure. Insure. Yeah. Well, those yeah. are cool socks. So, thank you to the yes. children for giving us some really cool socks. That's yeah. pretty neat. Pretty yeah, neat. I saw some with some like guitars on them and some with some like cactuses. Yeah. My son has a Grogu socks. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. It's pretty neat. I saw some with some airplanes, which reminded me of the uh, number one movie in the world right now. The number one movie of all time. And yeah. Patrick's still favorite movie ever. Yeah. Top Gun. Oh, Maverick. wait, is that the one we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, so I'm totally on board with that movie. We've it was t- really good. Probably a sequels run, the best job I've ever really yeah. seen. I mean, seriously, they did a really great job. Of and yeah, that. and I'm disappointed I haven't seen it yet. But uh, working on that, but it's interesting because I went back and watched the first one. Oh yeah, I did too. And my nostalgia about it was a little different than what I saw. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've discovered. Well, I went back and, and rewatched it on VHS, which is the way God intended. Um, and then I broke out the NES Top Gun game. Okay. And I still cannot, for the life of me, land the plane. You were just so, all in, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm all in. Totally. I'm a, I'm a big Iceman fan. That's so, hilarious. Which they did a great job with. Yeah, I was really pleased with that. Yeah. There's a really good Val Kilmer documentary mm-hmm. on yeah. Amazon Prime. Yeah. It's really good. And yeah. I was really pleased with the way they... They had him in yeah. Top Gun. So, yeah. yeah. Well, it's pretty neat what they can do in movies now as far as, you know, they've done that with Star Wars on the uh, Boba Fett wooden stuff with Luke Skywalker come yep. back mm-hmm. and, yep. and all of those things. And so it's kind of neat what they can do. It, does it come to a point where a really good actor of Al Kilmer or something like that or a <laughs> Luke Skywalker 
they never go away. They're always Well, I mean, there. that was actually Val Kilmer in the movie. I know. I know. Yeah, that, was, that wasn't and like but, a CGI Val Kilmer. No, but with his throat but, cancer and stuff, yeah. they were able to do some work. I mean, even his son Yeah, they did like audio, audio yeah. work. Yeah. But right. but does it come to a point with the computer work, the CGI, the everything that you have oh. an immortal actor? We're getting there eventually. Yeah. I mean, could I you mean, imagine what they'd have done with, uh, what was it, Charlton Heston or something like that yeah. from back in the day? Oh, yeah. They were, we're pretty close to that right now. Well, I mean, with the deep fake stuff, I mean, you could replicate that. And like, let's say like Tom Hanks. Yeah. They have so much audio of him mm-hmm. and all the movies he's done, all the different voice, all the yeah. different characters he did. He might be a really good example of someone who you might be able to take. Oh, for sure. Well, but, where, the, where the technology is for AI-generated voiceover, it's a consumer product now. Mm-hmm. So that you can get, and you, you've probably seen these ads where, you know, I am Joey, the narrator. And it's it's been recorded by a human, mm-hmm. but the AI is manipulating the intonation, yeah. the pausing, the delivery, all that stuff. So it really does sound really pretty good. A lot better than the, some of the past things. Yeah. Where yeah. when you call in, it's not the voice prompt from any kind of yeah. phone tree. And somebody like better. Tom Hanks also, who has been in so many movies for so long, you could train an AI easily with all those different images to be yeah. able to recreate his face in all different lighting and emotional states and all that kind of stuff, so expressions. So it'd be interesting if Autumn and Clay were watching a brand new Tom Hanks movie big when three. they're our age. <laughs> when they're our age. Mm. Yeah, big three. Big, <laughs> big 304. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, that's just... I, I don't know. I've never thought about that till just now. And that just kind of is mind boggling. I I think it will be tried. I think it'll be interesting to see the reaction if people will accept it long term. It'll be a fad for a while. It may be a fad for a while. I know that when they did Rogue One, the Star Wars movie, and they had Peter Cushing. Mm his likeness in the movie. They had an actor, but then they sort of did CGI work to have Grand Moff Tarkin appear back in the movies. But Peter Cushing's been dead for a Mm. long time. Yeah. Um, And they had to go to his estate and get permission to use his likeness because I know they went to... Alec Guinness's estate as well because they wanted to do the same thing with Obi Wan, mm-hmm. yeah. And Alec Guinness's no. estate said no and wouldn't let them use his likeness. So I guess it'll kind of be dependent on the families and the estates as well. But then again, is there going to be like <laughs> sort of like copyright law? You know, lasts for life plus seventy years right. or whatever. Is that right. gonna, after seventy years, do people's likenesses become uh, you know public domain? Is that <laughs> is that going to work like the same way? Well, I want to let my kids and family know right now. Clay, whoever, if you want to make money off of my likeness down the road, have at it. Go for it. You got. Could you imagine? As long as you have me starting a movie with John Wayne, we're good. There we hey. go. Now bring him back too. Yeah. All things are possible. That's weird though. I mean, I cannot even believe that we're sitting here talking about it. Yeah, this. Is one of those three hundred years. Yeah, the new movie starring Glenn Miller and John Wayne. And John Wayne, <laughs> supporting actor Tom Hanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the question then, could that performance win an Academy Award? Ooh, Ooh, that's a good question. That is a good question. Soundtrack by the Bee Gees and the Eagles. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's a great question. You know, could they be a member of the Academy or whatever? And that's, wow. That would be a Because you know, eventually there would be a movie that they had to say yes to. Yeah. There'd be a Forrest Gump. There would be some movie. But who would accept the Oscar? Would it be the the family? family, Or would it be the team of artists that that, that did the Train to the AI? That's even even better. I don't know. 
Well, once our robot overlords take over <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> humans are only relegated to being batteries for the robots, all the Oscars are going to go to AI. Dude, well, we should make a movie about that. Like we should. Humans, like human battery people. Yeah, and then they live in this like simulated world so they don't know that they're Yeah, batteries. and we can we could color it like a slightly weird kind of off color and we're like all the whole wear- film would be that color, so it like feels yeah. like it's not. And real. We're all gonna wear black trench coats, dude. Leather, lots yeah. of leather, and cool sunglasses. <laughs> I want to be the. Uh, so we call just- it the Matrix. Yeah, that, uh, I don't know. I don't uh, like that name. Too. Or, or that one where uh, was it Judge Dredd when Sylvester Stallone they had to unfreeze him because there was an unfrozen bad guy and he was yeah. like right. They, they were too nice to figure out how to right. get him, so they'd get somebody from like that was a good movie. Well, you know, this is a Crazy fascinating movie. topic. We it would be fun to talk to you know like a medical ethicist or something because mm. you know everybody's having to talk about this already. Yeah, with all of the publicity we've gotten for AIs and. A couple weeks ago, sentience with AIs. Mm -hmm. Of course, all of the movie genres, especially sci-fi, have envisioned this for tons of years already. Oh, sure. But it's becoming where, you know, you could perceive that it could be real. And so thinking about, okay, so if that's the case, then how do we navigate those ethical questions? Yeah. is really important. I know in the medical field, they talk about it a lot. Yeah. You know, how you deal with the human body even after they're deceased. Mm-hmm. So it's just a, it's a fascinating thing. To ah, we'll let the of. next generation figure yeah. it out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> As they're filming the next Top Gun. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Yeah. Well, yeah 50 years later when the next Top Gun comes out. <laughs> well, we do know one thing is that AI has no real blood. And right. we have someone here today in the podcast room that knows all about blood, knows more about blood than probably anybody in yes. West Tennessee. Yep. And his name is Dracula. <laughs> Dracula. No, actually, it's a her, and her name is Nikki Watlington, and she's here with us today from Lifeline. So let's turn our attention over to her and uh, learn a little bit about like real life-giving stuff for real humans. All right. We're here today with Nikki Watlington. Welcome, Nikki, to the podcast room. Thank you. Glad to be here. You know, not everybody knows where this is at. It seems like it's... Uh, <laughs> it's hard to get to. It's hard to get to. <laughs> you have to crawl over stuff and up into a yeah. secret hatch. Yeah, it's beautiful, too. You have it? to solve a few riddles before... It's like an escape it. room. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a, good, that's a good way to put it. So what's it if it's an escape room, but you're trying to get in? Man, that's a good question. <laughs> People will be worried about this the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah. That should be a Jeopardy question. Sounds like if y'all have one. the answer, email us. Podcast yes. at northsidejackson.com. <laughs> and you might win a prize because you'll probably be the first person to ever email us. <laughs> yes. It's been a, a loss on that. Yeah. But Nikki, y'all been a part of Northside for many moons now. It's a long time. It has been. It's oh, probably 19 years anyway. Yeah. Going on 20. So tell us a little bit about your family, the Watlingtons. So in our family, we have Jeff, my husband, who works at Watlington Brothers Construction, and that's been in business for 75 years this wow. year. Cool. And we have two grown children, if I want to call them grown. I don't think they're grown, but by standards, they are adults. Right. So Katie or Caitlin, depending on how you know her, yeah. um, just finished her first year of law school at Belmont University. And Caleb is finishing his sophomore year at Mississippi State. It's really funny. I was at a meeting 
for FCA not long ago, and there was a young lady there who came with somebody just a visiting, and she was a, just finished her second year at Belmont Law School, and Mr. Hank Shackelford was in the in the meeting, and he said, "Do you know Katie Watlington?" And she said, "I don't know me the first year. She, she just finished her first year." He said, "Well, well, you need to get to know her." <laughs> and I was laughing because he was down the table, and I was like, "That's really awesome." Yeah, just to hear you know former youth and people you know. I mean, like, gosh, she's like my own grandkid or something. There, but, <laughs> but, does it make uh, you feel old? It does. <laughs> but just to hear that was just made me happy. So, well, Nikki, you work at uh, Lifeline, and how long have you been over there now? I have been at Lifeline for twenty and a half years. Wow. Oh wow! Yeah, Caleb was five months old when I went over there. Now, did, what did, did you work somewhere else in the blood world prior to that? I did. I was a lab rat. I worked at Jackson Madison <laughs> County General Hospital in the hematology lab for seven years before that cool and so now what do you do at uh, lifeline now so my title is director of quality and regulatory services which encompasses a whole myriad of (laughs) of job duties first and foremost it's just ensuring that we have a safe blood supply Mm. and we have multiple regulatory agencies state nation and international that we have to abide by their regulations and they don't always match Mm. so it's sometimes a juggling act to make sure that we're meeting all of the requirements And so we write all of our procedures. Uh, My department isn't responsible for making sure all of our documents and our processes and procedures are in compliance with all of the regulatory authorities. We do audits. My staff, we probably do close to 200 internal audits every year. And then we're over training, equipment. Myself and one other individual does donor counseling for donors that are deferred for a whole host Mm, of reasons, whether it's health issues or testing issues Mm. or things along that. We do patient and hospital notifications for donations that were may have been affected by a deferral. We do a whole host of things, and I'm also an IT administrator for our blood oh, well. <laughs> computer software computer system. So I do a wide variety of different things. So do we have good quality blood in West Tennessee? We do. We have an extremely safe blood supply nationwide. It is, you know, testing and the deferral policies and screening of donors have come a long way, even in the 20 years I've been there. Wow. Blood on the shelf, it is extremely safe. Um, I would not be worried at all if I had to receive a transfusion. That's awesome. I think that's one of the things when you think about blood donations. Of course, I've been doing, been blessed enough to be able to do it for oh, probably at least 20 years or That's so. what I was going to say. Are you sure the quality's that good if he's giving blood? I mean, well, that's a good thing I to ask. I see him <laughs> a lot of t- days that he comes in. But, the, you know, the, I remember in the 80s, especially as HIV came on the scene and folks were testing positive because of blood transfusions and things like that. And maybe for some of us that are a little bit older, that's still in the back of their mind, you know, can I get something from doing that? You would expect that all the cleaning and the hygiene and all of that stuff in terms of the donation process. But if you're receiving a transfusion or something, you have to be able to trust that it's safe. And from what I see, which is very little into the window of how it all, how the system all works, I've seen changes over those 20 years, and I was curious kind of what you thought if you had to kind of pick what the biggest change is from 20 years ago to now. There's a lot of regulations, of course, but is there anything else that's sort of changed in your mind from what you can remember? 
so the quality and the number of tests that we do every single blood donation, it does not matter if it's your first time or if it's your 150th time, you get tested the same way. Mm-hmm. And back in the 80s, Kevin, like you were saying, there was what's termed the window period. And so from the time of exposure to the time you would actually test positive was a pretty substantial amount of time. Uh-huh. Now that window period is down to just a number of days. Oh, wow. So instead of 12 months or even longer, we're down to a number of days. So that's been a huge change over the last 20, 30, 40 years, particularly since HIV and AIDS came really to the forefront. And then with some of the new testing and scientific studies for rationale behind different deferrals, just in the last few years, we've had a significant number of changes that increases the number of donors that are eligible. Uh. So a lot of our military individuals that served over in Europe and England, United Kingdom in the 80s and 90s were deferred. Um, It started in the early 2000s being deferred for links to mad cow disease from the beef that at our military bases, or if you lived over there, even off military bases. And so we had most of those regulations get lifted in uh, mid-2020. So if donors have been deferred previously for that, we did a mass re-entry protocol and algorithm that we contacted as many donors as we could. But we missed a lot because addresses change, phone Mm -hmm. numbers change, and so forth. So if individuals had been deferred previously for that type of service, I encourage them to contact us, and we can get them reinstated if they're not. There's been other things like travel to malarial risk areas where it used to be a 12-month, so people who were Mm. going on mission trips every single year never got to donate. Well, that's now down to three months. Cool. And so even if you're going yearly, you have time to come in and donate, and the areas also have changed. So again, I just encourage anyone who had previously been deferred to check. We also have instituted a new cancer reinstatement policy. So if you have previously been deferred for cancer, and they're really the non-hematological cancers, so no leukemias, Mm -hmm. lymphomas, things Mm -hmm. along that nature, but other types of cancer, if you've been cancer-free for five years or more, then you can go through our reinstatement process. Oh, wow. That's good. A lot of people don't know, too, that they think about blood donation is what you think on the surface, but it's lots of blood products. Absolutely. So we have three main types of donations. A whole blood donation is what most people think of. And just one whole blood donation, you can save up to three individuals' lives. Oh, wow. So we take that whole blood and we take it back to our component manufacturing area. We spin it down and we make a packed red cell for transfusion. We make transfusable plasma. We can make cryoprecipitate. There's a a number of products that we can make. And then we have our platelet and plasma collections, which are automated collections, which is what Kevin does. And those, we are targeting a specific component. So if you're doing a platelet collection, then we will make a single, double, or triple, so up to three units of platelets, depending on the donor's criteria and platelet count. And so there again, that's up to three lives that you can save with the platelet transfusion. And plasma, depending on the weight of the donor and and hemoglobin levels, we will usually always get two units of plasma, but sometimes we can get up to four. Oh, wow. And the whole reason we do this? Is to save lives. (laughs) We, We have not figured out how to create blood. 
Absolutely not. So, you know, there's been some talk about blood substitutes, but Mm -hmm. there is nothing that can really replace the need for blood products. We have 15 routine hospitals in West Tennessee that we cover throughout various counties. Plus, we provide products to St. Jude and Memphis. We have two rehab hospitals as well. We have 15 air ambulance bases, mm. hospital wing, AeroVac. And so we need over 100 donations every day just to meet the needs of the communities we serve in West Tennessee. Wow. And how many do you get on a typical day? The last couple of years, just with everything else yeah. with COVID, it has been a, a huge struggle. So we do aim for around 100. Some days we're about 60 to mm. 70. Um, some days we're over 100. And so it is it is a struggle for sure. We are aiming this year for between 29,000 and 30,000 collections total to be able to get the blood products we need to serve our communities. Well, since you brought it up, let's ask that question about covid if I had had COVID, can I give? We hear about clotting and all those different things with COVID. How does all that work? If I've had COVID, can I give? And is my blood good? Absolutely, you can give. So if you had COVID, then there is a 14-day deferral from resolution of symptoms. Um, we do ask that you wait that long to before you come in. But other than that, that's the only deferral that's that was linked to COVID. Vaccine, if you get the COVID vaccine, there is no eligibility effect based on the vaccine. So some people do exhibit kind of long-haul COVID symptoms, and that's a lot of the fatigue or the brain fog. Mm -hmm. Those also don't affect your eligibility. If you have had blood clots with COVID, then it's going to depend on are you on a blood thinner, how long Mm -hmm. ago it was. But we can screen you. We'll do that during part of the medical questionnaire. You can always call up to Lifeline, and we will cover that with you over the phone. Um, People can contact me directly. Um, That's where most of the phone calls get forwarded anyway, Um, (laughs) which is fine. And so um, we can then talk the specifics on that. Yeah. Well, the thing I like to tell people that have never donated before is it's with a lot of things when you're either considering donating to a charity or whatever. How do you connect with it? And One of the things that I always think about is platelets in in particular are what I've chosen to to sort of focus on the last few years. But I think about my grandfather who died of leukemia, and I remember him having to have platelets every so often. Mm -hmm. I, I just remember that. I was 13, so I was still pretty young, but I do remember that. And then I've known people as I've gotten older as an adult that their lives were either saved or prolonged because of something like platelets that help their body recover. And so when I do that, I think about that. Mm. I think about, yes, there's a momentary, you know, there's a period of slight pain and maybe some discomfort and it's inconvenient for sure, but it's something I can do. And I understand not everybody anatomically, their veins are hard to find, those kinds of things. There's reasons, or if you're deferred for a particular reason. But if you can, I really encourage anybody to think about doing it because there is no substitute. God created the blood. It Mm. is a life force. Mm -hmm. It's treated very specially in the Bible, actually, (laughs) as well. And it's something that we can do, take out of our day. Depending on what you give, you're not able to go in very often. 
depending on what it is. So it's not like you have to do it every day or yeah. week or, yeah. or whatever. So I really just encourage you to do that. I know there's blood drives. There are. So we have two fixed sites. We have our Jackson fixed site location that is located on the corner of Walker Road and Sterling Farms Drive, which is down from Jackson Clinic North or Freddy's or Kaufman's Furniture. Right. There's all kinds right. of <laughs> all kinds of uh, places that people will identify with. We also have a fixed site up in Dyersburg for um, we opened that in late 2020 so we have that location as well and then we have four blood mobiles or buses and we try to send three out every day um, Monday through Friday we do some Saturdays and also some Sunday drives our Dyersburg location is actually open both Saturday and Sunday for some people it is more convenient to come in on the weekend as well so we're sending out collection places all over West Tennessee And Kevin, you are exactly right. It depends on the procedure, the product you're donating, depending on how often you can come in and donate. So most people really think about donating blood. It's really a whole blood donation. You can do that once every eight weeks. And the red cells we manufacture off of that whole blood donation are good for 42 days. Mm. Platelets, um, you can donate up to 24 times a year, so you can really do it. We try to average our platelet donors twice a month. They can come in every seven days. Some people choose to do it just once a month, and that's fine. Whole blood donations take up to 20 minutes, and so you plan to be there about 40 to 45 minutes max, and that's all of the screening. That's your mm-hmm. recovery time in the canteen platelets like you do kevin it it is definitely more of a time commitment um and the reason we need so many platelet donors our platelets are only good for five days Um, and so we have to consistently have a set schedule for platelet donors and that will take two hours sometimes a little more sometimes a little less and then the plasma donations the plasma that we collect is good for a year because it is frozen and you can donate plasma once every 28 days When you're there for a plasma donation, the donation process takes about 40 minutes. So you can plan on being there roughly an hour, again, sometimes a little bit less based on the screening. What if I gave one time and I felt bad afterwards? Will I always feel bad afterwards or was that just kind of maybe what my body was that day? Because I know some people like, oh, I gave once and I felt horrible and I don't want to do that again. Right. Right. So there are several things that happen when you donate blood and we encourage donors. um, We even ask at the end of the medical questionnaire, have you eaten within the last six hours? Mm. Well, for some people, six hours is if it's been six hours, five hours, six hours since you've eaten, that's not soon enough. Just really, really push fluids leading up to the day of your donation, the day of your donation. Make sure you've had a really good meal, not a granola bar or even just a protein (laughs) shake, which is a lot of times what I eat for breakfast. (laughs) But I know if I'm going to donate, I'm going to have to eat something more than that for breakfast or lunch, depending on when, when I'm donating. And then it's just pushing fluids afterwards. Um, I encourage you, if you have tried it once and you didn't feel great, let's try again and just really push those fluids. Water is the best. Trying to avoid caffeine. You can have your cup of coffee. You can have your Coke. That doesn't matter. But um, just trying to make sure you get that volume in there to replace the fluid you'll lose. And y'all do all that processing and everything of the blood there in the building, right? We do. Um, We process everything in our Jackson fixed site. So even the Dyersburg collections and the mobile collections, everything comes back to the Jackson fixed site. 
See, I don't guess I really realize that that we have that kind of service and that kind of thing mm-hmm. right oh, here yeah. in. We have that kind of lab right here in West Tennessee. That's really cool. And you know, just as a little encouragement to people too, they do a really good job at Lifeline, just rewarding the the donors. I mean, mm-hmm. they got great T-shirts. They're very appreciative. <laughs> They've got special events on holidays sometimes, or you know, like Cinco de Mayo, they had. The office is all decorated, but they have special t-shirts. And of course, there's food you can have there to help after the donation and, and lots of things. It it becomes an experience that's not so intimidating, I yeah. think. And I think that, that's really important. Now, do you pay for donations? We do not pay for donations. So there are different uses for the products if you have a paid donor versus a volunteer donor. So everything we deal with is volunteer donors. Those products can be transfused directly into patients. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a need. Um, there are products that come from paid donors at paid plasma centers. Right. There is a need for those, but we're dealing with transfusable products directly into patients. Yeah. And there seems like there's always a need. And I know it just seems like there's always that that voice coming out that we need. Is there something we can do to help people to stay regular? I mean, like Kevin has a schedule, don't you? What can we do to help encourage people to come and give? Because, you know, if I need blood, I want it, right? <laughs> That's exactly Absolutely. right. <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> Absolutely. If, if someone I love needs blood, I want them to have it. It's not like you can give them a little bag of glucose. That's not blood going into their blood. Right. I mean, this right. is a this is a truly life-giving source. It is probably the life-giving source, period. It makes everything in the body work. So what can we do to help encourage people so maybe there aren't these ups and downs of of really just needing that big shout out? Right. So there are donors out there that um, really want to give on those big theme drives, but we do not have theme drives every month or even every two months. So you, we love when you come in. It's a huge success. And we encourage that, but it's those off times. You can make appointments. The platelet and plasma donations, we do schedule those appointments because it takes longer. And we only have a few machines for those. And so those making appointments, you'll get reminder calls. Yeah to help remind you and it becomes a habit the more you do something the more it's going to become a habit whole blood donations we also can make appointments but we don't you don't have to you can be a Mm walk-in and it's just keeping it in the forefront of your mind that this is a need and the need for blood never goes away yeah you know we struggle a lot of times during the summer months people are taking vacations you get out of the routine habit and we try to publicize we have social media accounts we have a website that will advertise our community drives as well just trying to make that stable blood supply throughout the year and not have those huge dips around the holidays or summer months Um, and you also never know when you're going to have a condition or a tragedy that uses up a lot of our our products that happens and we have no control over that and so we have to rely on our community to be there and come in and donate and when people are traveling a lot, especially in the summer with lots more driving, there's more traffic accidents. Yeah. And so when people are giving less and yet the need is higher, then you have the double whammy. It is something that you have to establish a routine on. It's just like anything else. But I tend to think creatively about it a little bit in terms of my tithe. You know, what's my time? Mm-hmm. What's my talent? Yeah. What's my money? 
I can give of myself yeah. to help too. And, and it is really interesting. It, more research you do, you know, babies, you have all the, uh, the antigens and things in the blood. So everybody's got a slightly different, there are some that are more rare, some that are more common, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, in certain situations, a patient could only get a certain type of blood. If it's not available, then that's, that's a really hard thing. You have to really do a lot of work to find where it is, who knows in the country. And I just don't think if any of us were on the other side of that, we'd want to have to deal with it, you know? Right. We, we hear a lot of recipient stories and if the recipients can come in and start donating, they do. But a lot of times Mm. it's their family members that are, you know, I was, I was impacted, Kevin, you were saying that you remembered, you know, as a young teenager, your grandfather. So it's things like that, that people, you know, will connect with and make it personal, but it is, you know, it is a gift. It's a it's a service of, of time or, or talent. It doesn't take special talent to come in and donate. Um, there are some qualifications. You do have to weigh 110 pounds and you have to be 17 years old, but there is no upper age limit. You know, it's something that most of the adult population can do or at least try to do based on, on just their history. A lot of medical conditions do not defer you from donating blood. Now, the students that graduate high school can get a red cord, right? Absolutely. So, so how does that work? The high schools, we have a lot of our high schools throughout West Tennessee participate in our red cord program, which means that they will host a minimum of two blood drives in a year. And you have to donate three times prior to graduation to get the red cord. Or because we had to implement some safety measures for our 17 and 18 year old females to prevent any type Mm -hmm. of iron deficiency. Now they can donate twice and then they can recruit somebody else to donate for them to get that third time because they can only donate whole blood once every six months. Mm -hmm. So sometimes depending on when their birthdays fall, they may not have the opportunity to get three full donations in prior to graduation. Oh, wow. Have you noticed any trends in West Tennessee? Like, what's the most typical blood type in West Tennessee? (laughs) So, O positive is actually the most common, and a lot of people refer to that as the universal donor. Technically, it's O negative is the universal donor because it can be transfused into a patient of any blood type. Mm But that's what it is for a red cell or a whole blood donation. Plasma is actually the exact opposite. So if you're type AB like myself, my plasma could be used to be transfused into any patient type. And it deals with the antibodies that are present in your plasma or in the red cell antigens on your red cells. So it depends. You know, we will target you or try to ask you to donate certain procedures based on your blood type, but we need all. We, yeah. do, we do need all blood types. Well, Patrick's a big Star Wars fan. He knows he's about to have a baby. <laughs> yeah. So he wants to know, can you test for midichlorians <laughs> to see what their chances of being a Jedi are? Oh, unfortunately not. <laughs> Shucks. <laughs> you just have to know and feel it through the force. Oh, uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Nikki, um, what are some times that your faith has grown or been tested when your faith's been changed or adjusted or or you've just experienced your faith in a really wild way through your work? Because you get to see life flowing literally, literally. You get to yeah. see it. You get to right. hold it in a bag if you want to. Uh, well, you're so, right. So you're right. What, what about your faith journey doing what you do? That's pretty cool. I, I kind of get a little bit of a chill just thinking about getting to see that on a daily basis. You know, one of the characteristics I find in myself that 
you know, is more motivational is the sense of achievement and the sense of affiliation. And so by donating blood and by working at Lifeline, I, I wasn't able to donate for most of those 20 years mm. that um, I have worked there. But seeing how we impact the lives of others, both as donors and the patients. And we don't see and don't hear from the patients for the most part. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. I don't have sure. to know the story yeah. on the other on the other end. But just knowing that I'm doing something, I'm working in a place where it is giving life to others. And it's really having that, that impact. And so it's just that affiliation with this type of work. It is a nonprofit as well. So, you know, we're, we're not making, (laughs) not making profit on, on blood donation. So it really has challenged my thinking in some ways. And when I'm counseling donors or getting to contact them to say, Hey, now we've had a rule change, you know, it just brings me a lot of joy um, in being able to help others. Yeah. Well, y'all, there is no reason why our fellow brothers and sisters should not be able to get blood. So let's get out there and donate. And what we need to do is we need to work soon to maybe have something here at the church as well. Uh, so we'll work on that from our end here. Mm-hmm. And we'll, so we'll give Nikki a call to get that set up sometime, I hope. Because we haven't done one since COVID. It's been a while. And right. so we, we definitely need to do one soon. So, But if you're a Northsider or anyone else listening to this, make sure that you get over to Lifeline and give. Nikki's there. Sometimes you'll see her. Sometimes you won't. You can always ask for her. <laughs> yes. Say. Yes. I get text say. messages all the time or phone calls from the front. Hey, I'm here. I was like, and I'll text back. If I'm not in a meeting, I will yeah. come around and, yeah. and try to chat for a few minutes. So Yeah. Uh, or if you have questions, you traveled or you've had a sickness or something you can definitely get in touch with her at lifeline and and she can she can answer those questions for you and and get you over to donate if you can and that's a really important thing Mm -hmm. i mean kevin we appreciate what you do patrick and i I think we need to get on the ball. We, we could probably do a little better. <laughs> I used I used the mission trip excuse forever. And it was. I mean, it was legit. But Nikki, right. Nikki told me not long ago I could not use that anymore. And I need to get over there. So, so I, I do. Yeah. She's right. So I, I will be going soon. Um, but thank you for coming in. And thank you for what, doing what you do. It is, uh, it's one of those things in the medical field that no one thinks about. You know, right. No one thinks about. We know you need to have it, you know, but it's jobs like that and careers like that and service like that, that it's not that frontline, exciting emergency room nurse kind of person. And But it is so, so important. Yep. So so thank you for doing that. Making sure we've got safe blood here, in, uh, here in our area for sure. Sorry, Dracula, you got to get out of the room. But I don't want to leave. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like we did a pretty good job. We didn't give her too many uh, Dracula jokes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I tried to keep my vampire references to a minimum. But. I tell you what, it is amazing to me, it, and it happens so often. There's a lot of things that happen in West Tennessee that are global mm-hmm. or in handle the, the whole country and just different stuff that you just never know. You're just like driving by a building and you have no idea what's going on in that building. Yeah. And Lifeline's one of those places. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool that they're doing some pretty amazing work. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the blood supply is just so, so important. So, I mean, Kevin sitting here, you got both your arms wrapped and yep. it is so good to give. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, a lot of people think, you know, I can donate money and help this project or help that project. And, and that does help for a little while. And while donate blood can help for a little while, that help of a little bit, really can be life-saving yeah and you know um i've been a registered as an organ donator donator donor <laughs> a donor <laughs> how often have you done that yeah <laughs> if blood counts as an organ a while but <laughs> but you know i thought of that too 
And for a lot of people, that's just something they can't, they just can't think about, you know, it's a very strange thought. And I wouldn't disagree with that. But the thing that's cool about blood and blood products is that your body replaces them naturally. So yeah. if you can yeah. do it, then you're getting the benefit. I mean, you don't have to, not to sound crap, you don't, have, you to don't die have to, to, you don't have to die to help exactly. somebody. Yeah. Whereas with organ donation, I mean, that's what is happening. And I've known plenty of people that have been able to live because of organ donation. So mm-hmm. I commend anybody that is willing to, you know, make that conscious decision. So that's important. But the blood donation part, if you're able to, not everyone is. Sure. Um, exactly. I think everybody should at least consider it and maybe get tested like we talked about. But that's the cool part, I think, about that is that it is renewable. It's yeah. a renewable resource. We think about that in terms of like sun or water power, all those things. But that's another thing that is uniquely human. Yeah. Well, speaking of sun, it's not even quite summer. There's barely <laughs> 24 hours of the summer, and it has just like been blistering us. We're not even in July yet. So. Yeah. Patrick, what do we got coming up in July, which hopefully is cooler than June has been? Yeah, well, we got a few things coming up. So <clears throat> this week, actually, on the 24th, the uh, team is leaving to head towards Africa. Yeah. And so Rev Kev and Daphne will both be out. And mm-hmm. so Gary will be in charge, I guess. <laughs> and, yeah, pray, <laughs> and pray for that team. There's a lot of young people. And over half the team, or right at half the team, has never been before. So that's yeah, going to be, be some great stories. Yeah, we'll coming, talk to them after yeah. they yeah, come back. back. For sure, because you know the trip over there is like uh, maybe thirteen hour at one point, and trip back is even longer. Seventeen, yeah, you'd be like time travelers though, and and that's one flight out of like four or five you got to (laughs) take. Right, right, a lot of jumping. But with Rev, Kevin, Daphne both being out, we're actually going to get a couple of guest preachers the next couple of weeks on Sunday. So this Sunday, uh, this coming Sunday, uh, Brian Lee is going to be preaching. Oh, neat. He teaches Sunday school in the chapel at both the 915 and the 1030. So I know a lot of people are already familiar with him, but he'll be preaching this coming Sunday. Awesome. And then the Sunday after, July 3rd, Dr. Logan Hampton who okay. is uh, the president at Lane. Mm-hmm. He's going to be preaching. So I'm really looking forward to that one. I am That'd too. Cool. Brian recently came to one of the fishing outings with the Northside Fishing Group yep. and uh, had, a, had a big time. And, <laughs> and the guys in his boat, they caught like a five-pounder oh, nice. boat that day. Yeah, so That's pretty cool. And then the team will be returning from Africa on July the 6th. Yep. Yes. That's right. That's what I have written down. So, (laughs) and then July 11th through 15th, here it comes. We're making waves with BBS. BBS. July 11th through the 15th. I think there's still some time to sign up for that and to sign up to be a volunteer. I know Christy will not say no to more help. And then on July 27th, we're hoping to kick off our new hospitality team, which is going to include a lot of coffee stations, welcome stations, greeters at the doors, all sorts of things. And Daphne is still needing a lot of help with that. So if you want to get on, you can sign up online or on the app or just call up here to the office. But consider signing up for our Connect with Northside hospitality team. Yeah. And I'll remind everybody again, no Wednesday night activities during the month of July. So we're going to take a little summer break and we'll see you again in August. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it'll be a good little break. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks for podcasting with me. And thanks to all of you out there in the world for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from us, you can follow us on Instagram at Northside Now Podcast. Go to our website, northsidejackson.com or email us at podcast at northsidejackson.com. We hope to hear from you soon. Once again, this is Patrick. 
This is Glenn. I'm Kevin. And that's what's happening at Northside Now. Bye-bye.